Welcome to another segment of the Agricultural Market Viewpoint. This is a podcast where we review various themes influencing the agricultural economy here at home in South Africa and beyond our borders. Folks, we are coming from an important weekend. Uh, October 16th is a special day, not only because it is my birthday, but uh, it is also an important day in the world of food security. It's a day that marks the World Food Day. This is a day that commemorates the founding of the United uh, Nations uh, Food and Agricultural Organization, which was founded in 1945. So the FAO, for those that are in agriculture and following these things, that's how we we, we term it. And across the world, uh, in this day, people use this opportunity to assess uh, various countries' food security conditions and also relook into their efforts of boosting agricultural production with a question in mind of always saying, uh, how can we feed more people in the world, making sure they reach nutritious food at affordable prices? So that's usually uh, the theme of the day, October 16th. And I think today, uh, a Monday, as we celebrated this day on a Sunday, many people will still be talking and looking on this theme, which is what we think that it should be the focus of today's uh, podcast segment. And there's also one measure that many people tend to look at, and I myself look into this measure every year to see where does my country, South Africa, and other countries in the continent, in the, in the African continent, uh, rank on the global food security ladder. And that is the Economist Global Food Security Index. It is sponsored by the good folks at uh, Cotiva, and they released these results uh, somewhere between September in some years, uh, in October, um, where they really look into about 113 countries and rank them into their ranking on food security dynamics, uh, starting from number one, which is the best performing country with affordable food, safety, nutritious, and all of that. And 113th, which is the last one where uh, there are severe food security challenges. And South Africa in this index uh, for 2022 results um, ranks at number 59 which is an improvement from 2021, where South Africa was at 70 uh, uh, in that index. Uh, This places South Africa as the most food secure country in the African continent. The second country that follows this in Africa is Tunisia, which is sitting at number 32. And this improvement in the case of South Africa is commendable. Um, And I say this because one may think that, oh, maybe South Africa is in the position that it is because other countries perhaps maybe did uh, badly because of the Russia-Ukraine war and maybe they have constraints in supplies and then they fell in the index. And by virtue of that, then South Africa improved. But that's not the case. South Africa's position, even if you're looking at the technical scoring of this index, really improved from where we were sitting um, in 2021. And this just shows the progress that the country has been able to make, regardless of the Russian war, Ukraine, and the increased uh, food prices that we've seen globally. But now to get a sense of how does this global food security index really uh, uh, measure up, like what makes this index the index, because it is a composite index, and it has about four major sub-indices. Uh, The first one is uh, food affordability, second food availability, third food quality and safety, and fourth food sustainability 
and uh, adoption, which is agricultural practices, adoption and issues of sustainability and stuff like that. Now, the affordability and availability are the, one of the most important, some of the most important uh, indices here, because combined, they carry a weighting of about two thirds of this overall sub index. So it's an important one um, to pay uh, attention to. And uh, the affordability, when we think about it, we're basically looking at uh, uh, food costs. We're looking at agricultural trade, food safety net programs, uh, funding for food safety net programs. So those sorts of things, when you think about affordability, do certain countries offer a certain amount of money to support households to be able to buy food? Those are the safety net programs, for, for example. Trade, are there some trade barriers that are there preventing certain countries um, uh, uh, to, to affording certain food, uh, to, to, uh, to accessing certain food, and therefore leading to higher costs and affecting affordability? For example, are there barriers uh, to trade? Are there export import quotas, export quotas, that type of things. Those are some of the things then that we look at that formulate uh, the view on the affordability. And the availability is basically looking at, at the supply, uh, the sufficiency of supply domestically, the production conditions in each country, and also agricultural infrastructure, which is the roads, ports, and stuff. So that if you are a country and you are not producing a lot of what you consume, are your roads efficient and you, are you able to import in the ports um, uh, 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 in a more efficient way and cost-effective way so that you have that food? But it also looks at the political and the social barriers to food. And I think this is an important one in the current climate of today where we had Russia, Ukraine, which really for months put the global food uh, security at risk because there were all of these political and social dynamics that were blocking access to food there. And it still does to a certain extent. Now, South Africa experienced a, bit, a deterioration when it comes to affordability. And if one looks at this sub and index uh, specifically, you'll see that South Africa dropped by seven points. Meanwhile, the rest of other indices improve significantly. Now, looking at the three indexes that improve uh, significantly, comparing to the one that declined, they far overshadowed, uh, they overshadowed the decline to an extent that then South Africa moved to 59, as I said, um, uh, ranking out of the 113 countries. So it had one sub-index that had dropped, but the others did so well to the extent that the overall scoring came up to be fairly good. And the decline in affordability is not surprising in a current environment of today. Uh, I've talked uh, in the previous segments about the general rise in consumer food prices inflation in South Africa. For example, South Africa's consumer food price index, in consumer food price inflation um, averaged at about 8% in the first eight months of this year. You compare that to last year, consumer food price inflation in the first um, eight months of 2021, it was at uh, 6.5. So 8% this year, 6.5 last year. That's the rate at which food uh, prices are rising. So this year, things are, tart, are tough. But still, uh, what is worth emphasizing here is that it speaks, uh, which is why it's so important to emphasize in South Africa, we are in an environment of rising food prices while there's generally higher unemployment um, in South Africa. So for households that have no income and food prices are rising, this becomes an issue. And I guess the interventions that have been made by South African government of uh, all of these 350 um, rands in household supports that have been uh, extended to people, they really need it and they assist in environment like what we, we see now. The other thing though that is worth emphasizing here is that food prices are not a South African phenomenon. This is a global story. 
story. Uh, and it didn't start uh, this year. It started uh, in the first year of COVID. We're already seeing global food prices increasing. And there's a number of things uh, that are behind this. I know in the recent past, we've talked a lot about the Russia-Ukraine. But Russia-Ukraine war added to an environment that was already very difficult when we think about food prices. One of the key challenges that have been challenging the global consumer was the drought in South America. And South America is an important player. Just take two major crops, for example, like soybeans. That Those two countries, Brazil and Argentina, make up about 50% of global uh, uh, soybean production. And you think about maize, they make up around about 14% or so of global maize production. So they are important producers of some of the commodities that are important for food security. So when there was drought there, we saw the effect of that um, in, in, in food prices. And secondly, China has been buying a lot of soybeans and grains. And that also added to the increase in, in, in global uh, uh, grain and all seeds prices when we add uh, that to the dryness in South America. Thirdly, when the COVID started, there, there were supply chain issues and higher shipping costs. All of that was, was, was an additional issue. Then Russia, Ukraine added into that environment. And this has led to a global food price inflation surge, which is what we've been experiencing um, over the past uh, couple of months. So South Africa is integrated in a global environment and it, but we experienced that environment as it is uh, seen in the world. We also then saw South Africa's food prices um, increasing despite the good agricultural harvest that we've had. Because domestically, we've had about three seasons of uh, large um, uh, agricultural harvest. But we didn't really see the benefits of that per se because of these global dynamics that have been leading to higher food prices. But I must mention, though, that globally, the food price trajectory is somewhat changing. Uh, for example, if you were to look on what the FAO released in September, which is the, when they released the results of their global food uh, price index, that index was down by 1% from the previous month, and that marked the sixth monthly decline um, and was underpinned by the deterioration in prices of vegetable oils, sugar, meat, uh, and dairy products. Um, this means that now the affordability across countries in the world is somewhat improving in the third from the third quarter of this year. But still, the current levels that we are in are six percent up from September 2021. And again, the point we emphasize here: 2021 food prices were already higher for the very same reasons um, that I've mentioned. So, global food prices you can take as a given that they are still elevated. Uh, but again, the point here that we are we we we're getting back to is that. That um, the, the the global food price index um, uh, in, in the global food price index, South Africa's position has improved from where we were. But I must caution again into stealing this topic to say, when one look at the global measures such as the global food price index, global food security uh, 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 index, is that there is some level of subjectivity here. For example, some authors, uh, you know, they can never really fully eliminate their judgment when they're making these things. And secondly, there are resource constraints that hinder the objectivity of data collection across the world because you cannot travel in 113 countries collecting the data to formulate the view that you get to have when you're doing the global food security index. And the other point to add here is that uh, you know, there's always some inconsistencies in data quality, frequency, and uh, reliability. If you're going to source the data from the domestic 
uh, agencies when doing uh, this. And the other thing is the weighting and the ranking are also tricky because they must be tailored to suit different socioeconomic contexts. So these are some of the things that one can keep in mind as the weaknesses when they think about uh, these global food security indexes and pri prices is better, but particularly this one of state security um, is the one that gets to, to, to have an issue. But I would still say with all of those, it doesn't take us uh, back to the point that I made that South Africa is in a better place this year. But I, they, they, I could still add there and say this also doesn't mean South Africa should be complacent and say, oh, we are the most food secure in the African continent. Therefore, we can sit back. No, that's not the case. We know that there are millions of fellow South Africans that are in hunger as we speak. I mean, the numbers out of states say they're talking about plus six million people that are in hunger. So that's really very difficult uh, for, for South Africa. And we have to currently think about the ways of improving uh, the conditions for those fellow South Africans. And there is a role for policy on that. And from where I sit as a researcher in agriculture, some of those policy interventions are about how can we use agricultural expansion and agro-processing capacity to boost growth in rural areas so that there's more job creation and more people participating in the economy. And there are ideas about how to do that. Uh, some of them are on what is called National Development Plan. It was Chapter 6 of that in South Africa was published in 2012. It talks about expanding agricultural production uh, in under-irrigation areas and it even estimates that there could be nearly a million jobs that could be created between agro-processing and agricultural sector under certain conditions that the plan outlines. These uh, optimistic uh, views were also uh, repeated in 2019 in the National Treasury's paper, which talked about possibilities of expanding agricultural production. And most recently in South Africa, we have what we call the Agriculture and Agro-Processing Master Plan, which also speaks to these issues. But I think before we are able to do that, and then of course, this expansion will come in about expanding agricultural activity in the former homelands of South Africa and government land that was brought through um, land reform program. But this will need uh, a lot of partnership between government and commodity organizations in extension services, investments um, in network industries, that's water, electricity, roads, ports, uh, infrastructure, and lab. So there's a lot of things that needs to be in place on that, improving land governance, which means extending tenure or long-term tradable leases in the rural areas, anchoring that with investments, and also making some improvements in agricultural finance, like the very uh, program that we are all excited to hear about, which is called Blended Finance, which the Land Bank and the Department of Agriculture in South Africa are looking at, and some of the commercial banks. So it's instruments like that that are necessary. But there are also other interventions that are more regulatory focus and therefore do not require capital spending by the government. And South Africa can do uh, a lot onto that and starting by prioritizing on that. One of those, for example, is what we call the Fertilizer Farm Seeds um, and Farm Feeds Remedies Act in South Africa of 36, Act 36 of 1947. It's usually called in South Africa Act 36. This act talks to about the level of inputs, agricultural inputs and chemicals uh, and seeds that we can import into the country or register for use in a country. It needs modernization and it can be really useful for improving our productivity once we are able to bring those inputs. Issues like the Agricultural Product Standard Act Enforcement where various uh, role players in South Africa feel that the Department of Agriculture should lead that and, and get off of this thing of using assignees and the other third parties which are leading to 
to increase the uh, costs of doing business. So those are some of the things that are not really uh, directly uh, needing long-term investment, but they are more regulatory side and they, they can be improved. In terms of provinces to focus on, I still think that the Eastern Cape, Limpopo, Kaiser, and other key provinces to focus on. Uh, there's a higher concentration of poverty in these provinces, but also they have a vast tract of underutilized land, which I think for that expansion in agricultural production, they should be priority. So all in all, South Africa is doing very well um, in, in improving our food security our conditions globally. And at a national level, we are a food secure country, but at a household level, we have deep problems with millions of South Africans that are living in very tough conditions. And agriculture has a role to play in improving that. And I do think that we should do a lot by improving our agricultural production. I will be writing about these themes because I very, feel very strongly about some of the interventions that can be made. I will write and publish some work in my blog, which is www.wandilesihlobot.com. As my name shows, you put that on the internet, you will see my blog. And the other things, I will put them in our organization's website, which is www.agbiz.co.za. That's www.agbiz.co.za. That's the organization that I work for. Some work will be there. That's it for me uh, this week. My name is Wandile Sihlobo. I'm an agricultural economist based in Pretoria. Thanks for listening.